Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Give her a big hand as she comes on up. So um, I'm trying to remember how long you guys have been here. Ivy and Daniel. Daniel's back there in the sound desk. Um, these guys are part of our, our church whānau, and um, yeah, I don't know whether you're going to introduce yourself about what you're doing, or do you want me to? <laughs> so Ivy's studying at uh, Laidlaw Bible College, um, and um, getting into uh, doing more ministry and speaking and things like that, so we're really looking forward to hearing um, from Ivy tonight, and um, yeah, just a cool chance to hear from someone from a, another part of the world with a whole new perspective on Aotearoa. And um, yeah, it's going to be cool. So let's just pray. God, we just thank you for Ivy and we thank you for Daniel. And um, yeah, just the, the, the part they are of this family now, of this whānau, we just pray that as we get into learning from uh, your word, um, we pray that you would uh, quicken our hearts to what you want us to do about it. God, I pray that as we speak, uh, we hear this message tonight. Um, we would listen, God, what's spoken, um, listen to what's spoken. We ask you to be uh, in, our, in our actions and in our thoughts, and we pray over Ivy now that you'd give her uh, just this uh, bold uh, inspiration for, for what she has for us tonight. We pray, um, God, that we would be uh, people dialed in to what you want to do in our lives and in our community. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Cool. Lovely. Thank you. Give her a hand. So, um, good evening to everyone. Uh, the reason why I'm here specifically tonight has to do with my studies. And um, Murray and Jenny has been very gracious in letting me, you know, use this platform. Like Aaron said, I am just about halfway through my uh, degree in theology. So by next Sunday, I'll be exactly halfway. 18 months behind me, 18 months ahead. Um, uh, one of my subjects this uh, semester is uh, preaching. So to be able to pass my subject for preaching, I have to preach, exactly. <laughs> uh, so that's why I'm here. Now, um, I've had a couple of offers to get the... the um, what's it, the wireless, you know, little mic that sits on your ear and whatever. And I graciously declined that. Uh, there's a very good reason. Um, we've got Dutch heritage. Now, if you guys have ever seen anything about Netherlands, you'll know it's either beautiful tulips or it's massive, big windmills. And Ivy talk like this. I've got hands that just you know, goes everywhere. So I thought, well, you know, as long as I hold on to this, then hopefully I'll be able to control my arms and stop them from going everywhere. Um, so that gives you a tiny little bit of intro into, you know, specifically why I'm here. Uh, we are originally from South Africa and have been in New Zealand for, oh gosh, six going on 16 years now, if I'm not mistaken, 15, 16 years, something like that. It's been a long time. So long, thank you, that I can't even recall, you know, when we actually arrived. So it's been a while. Uh, we've really enjoyed it here, and um, my journey thus far 
in both New Zealand as well as in this church has been pretty amazing. So um, thank you so much for you know allowing me to be here. Uh, thank you for everyone here bearing with me. Uh, if I do make mistakes, um, you know, just pretend that it's supposed to be like that and just clap and cheer so that when, you know, my tutor listens to the tape that he goes like, oh man, she's good. <laughs> Alrighty. So, like you can see, uh, tonight I am going to talk about us being made alive in Christ again. Now, most of us would say, yep, that sounds pretty good. You know, we've got a good idea what we're talking about there. And um, I'm hoping that after tonight we'll have a bit more of a, a oomph in our step and saying like, yep, you know, I, I, I do feel like I'm not flatlining, like Aaron was saying earlier, but that we do have pachoo, pachoo, pachoo going on in our spirits. So I'm going to start with reading something from Ephesians. It is Ephesians 2, verse 4 to 5. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. Okay. Got a little story. There was a gentleman called Alan Campbell, and he was from the UK. So um, he called the uh, National Health Service, called them and said, listen, I need to make an appointment to come and see a specialist. And the lady on the other side was like, mm-hmm, okay, spell your name, da-da-da, and he could hear her typing in the background, got his birth date, hear him typing, 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 and then she goes, hmm, type, type, type a bit more, maybe gets a telephone number to, you know, double check, and she goes, hmm, again. And um, he's like waiting, so like, what is all this hmm about? And then she says, I am sorry, sir, but I cannot make an appointment for you at this time. My computer says you're dead. Okay. So even though she could clearly hear him talk to her, and he's trying to convince her, well, this is me, you can hear I'm alive. She said, well, I'm, I'm very sorry, but yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, but you're dead. And uh, after, you know, going back and forth with this, he goes quite exasperated. He's like, so what am I supposed to do now? You're like, how, how do you become undead? Um, so she said, well, the best that she could suggest is for him to go back to his GP. GP might have to listen, make sure the heart is beating. If we know the heart is beating, he's alive. And then the GP would have to send a letter to them verifying that, yes, indeed, he is still alive. Now, once the GP said he's alive, then they'll believe it, and then they'll be able to give him an appointment. So who knows how long this poor man was going to be dead before you know, he was going to be able to be alive again. So it's, it's a bit of a mission. Um, now back to the book of Ephesians, if we think about the earlier verse. Paul was writing at that stage to the Gentiles, and we heard about that earlier this morning. The Gentiles, when I was younger, I always thought it meant they were like, you know, 
the fancy people, the ones that had lots of money and maybe were quite rich and, you know, whose donkeys had their manes braided or something. Um, but actually, all Gentiles meant is they were non-Jews. So the Jewish people were very proud of their heritage, and they grew up with the Torah, which is the Jewish Bible, and they knew the law of Moses, and they've been keeping that for millions of years, I think is what they believe. And it's been a very strong tradition, and they were the chosen people of God. Then Jesus came, and he sort of kicked the bucket a bit, and he made a mess of everything, and he said, no, 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 it's not just the Jews that's allowed to you know, come into the Fano. God will accept everyone. Let's see, there goes my arm. God will accept everyone. And uh, the Gentiles is like, wow, that's pretty cool. You know, God's, God's going to love me too. So these Gentiles, the people that might have been things like um, atheists, didn't believe in anything. They might have, I don't know, worshipped a golden cow or something beforehand. And uh, they heard about this good news of Jesus. And they said, this is pretty cool. Um, we don't know the teachings of the Torah. We don't know all the laws that we're supposed to be keeping. But we can hear that at this stage, there is a Jesus, and he did come, and he did save us. Now, at that stage, Christianity was still very new. It was so new that you could almost go... Just like when you get a fresh bread out of the oven. Uh, it was so fresh that the wonder of it hadn't yet faded. And people are still going like, there's actual miracles happening. And have you heard, you know, like, oh my goodness, John or Peter was just dead. And man, check, look, look, look. That's him walking. He actually, there was a miracle. He's alive. Like really, he was really, really dead and he's really, really alive. And people were really filled with the wonder of this because, I mean, seriously, if, if you suddenly saw someone that was very, very much dead, like two days dead, and suddenly, boom, they're back in church and they're singing along, it's like, that would be amazing. And that's pretty much you know, what these people were living on a day-to-day -day basis. It was amazing. And for them, Paul was reminding them that this faith that they had is something that God had given them through his grace. It was literally through the grace of God that we are now chosen to be part of his family. So with that he also said, okay, so if you're now part of this family, you're part of the graciousness of God's love, then there's a challenge. There's a challenge for us to actually, you know, do something with our lives. Instead of just doing what we always used to do, we're now challenged to change a little, to become a little bit more like Jesus, become a little bit better. Now, these people, until very recently, were spiritually dead. They weren't Christians. They didn't know about him. And for them, they were still very new in their faith, kind of like newborns, trying to learn where to go, what to do. And um, 
they they didn't have all the the luxuries that we have. They didn't have the internet. It's like, oh, I wonder what it means to be spiritually alive. Google, please tell me. Or Siri, what's your opinion? Or Alexa, can you please tell me what is spirituality and how can I be alive in it? So, you know, they didn't even have a dusty old Bible sitting on the mantelpiece that they could quickly go and dust off and, you know, go find something. So for them, everything that they'd heard was fresh. It was new. It was happening right around them at that very moment. And um, I think it must have been a pretty awesome time to live. Now, at that stage, there were certain difficulties. Some people had heard something from, say, for instance, Aaron. And, you know, he kind of knows his stuff, so the story is pretty accurate. They might have heard something from Murray, and he's pretty onto it. And it's like, yep, the story is pretty accurate. And then I might have heard something from me, and they go like, hmm, it's kind of there, but maybe not quite. It doesn't quite sound the same as the other ones. So the stories were all just being told verbally and people had to learn from, you know, what is the right and what's the wrong. And Paul was writing them letters to try and help them. Whoops. There we go. To try and help guide them and make sure that they are following the right rules and learning the right things. So if we read together, um, it says, as for you, this is in Ephesians 2 verse 1, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. We're talking about Satan here. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient to God, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that we have been saved. And God raised up with us, or raised us up with Christ, and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Jesus Christ, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. For it is by grace that you have been saved and through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so we cannot boast. It's kind of like, like, oh yeah, look at me. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So, if we look at that, without Christ, we will remain spiritually dead. There's a little man there. He kinda kinda looks like he might be walking, but if you look at him, it's like 
Is that like an actual man or is it maybe like a skeleton? Not quite sure. So, you know, that's where we come in. How alive are we? Are we fully alive? Are we half alive? Is our spirituality maybe like a bit more on the skeleton side? What are we doing there? And I'd like to unpack the verses that we've just read a little bit, um, just to see if we can understand them you know, in a bit more detail. So, 2 verse 1 and 2 said, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and in your sin, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Um, here Paul is reminding them that we used to be sinful, and we used to do what basically Satan expected us to do. Just go about living our lives, saying what we want, doing what we want, and no one really cared, and we didn't care. But now that we're new people in Christ, now we, we have to start looking, and we have to start caring. And um, the word says, specifically says, who is at work in those who are disobedient. Now, in the original Greek, it reads, who is at work energetically, which kind of reminds me of Aaron's story about the kids running around. There's one thing to be doing something, and then there's something else to be doing it energetically. It's like running this way, running that way, doing things, making haste, putting a lot of effort into it. And that's what Satan is doing. He's not just going like, yeah, it's okay, they'll eventually fall. You know, they're, they're doing their thing, we'll just wait until they fall. Mm -mm. Satan is like, huh. okay, she's trying to do something, let's see if... Can we trip her? He is constantly trying to do things to get in our way, to stop us from doing what we're supposed to do. Earlier today, I had a massive headache, an incredibly horrible migraine. And I was thinking, wow, Satan is working energetically to try and stop this from happening, to try and stop me from coming here. At one stage, I actually said, I don't think I'll be able to do tonight. And then I thought, you know what? No, 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 no. Because the moment that we give in is when he wins. So I have had people praying for me. I've had people offering me medication. I've had my kids coming with water. Um, at one stage, my son, who is 16, offered to drive the car because my headache was so bad. He said, Mom, I've played Gran Turismo. I know how to drive a car. <laughs> So, you know, I had all sorts of help offered to me, and it was pretty cool. And in the end, here we are. And it's just sometimes perseverance on our side. Sometimes it's being able to, you know, come and speak where we're supposed to. Sometimes it's choosing the right thing to do when our friend says this and we know, no, maybe it should be something else. Sometimes it could be someone in traffic and instead of saying something that you shouldn't, rather turn up the music. Or, you know, but it's all these small little choices that we have to make that in the end adds up to whether we are allowing Satan to work energetically in our lives or if we are equally energetically trying to tell him to kind of 
go to hell. And, you know, just leave us alone. So, like I said, in our old lives, we used to do what we want, say what we want, be what we want, and there was literally no reason for us to not to. Um, because nothing mattered. But since we have been saved, since God has come and graciously accepted us, we are not spiritually dead anymore. We are now new, and through Christ, we have been raised from our spiritual deaths. And spiritually, we are reborn. We are made new. And that's kind of pretty cool. Sorry for turning around, but... Um, my husband is doing the videoing at the back and he's got massively broad shoulders and I cannot see <laughs> the screen at the back. <laughs> so every now and again, I'm just double checking that I'm doing it right. So our old nature, the fleshly nature before Christ is not going to give up with a fight. Satan has worked really hard to make, you know, the earth and all its inhabitants his domain. And... Um, when we suddenly start doing something that's all against what he, you know, has planned for us, we start doing what God has got planned for us, then he's going to start putting up a fight. So verse 3 said, All of us also lived among them at a time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. If you look at that part, we're gratifying the cravings of our flesh. That basically just means, once again, looking at what is it that we wanted to do or wanted to say without putting a stop, a comma, and thinking about it twice. And how easy was it just to give in to those things? So, I mean, if you've ever had a craving for pizza or a pie, or if you've ever in your life been on a diet you will know what I'm talking about. A craving is a thing that just hits you, and that's all you can think about is just pizza, cheese, stringy yum, mmm, smells so good, and you just really, really, really want it. Like, really? And sometimes that's what it is, you know. We really, really want to go with our mates. We really, really want to do something that actually we know we shouldn't. And um, that, that pizza, that spiritual pizza, whatever your pizza is, whatever that slice is that's calling to you, that is sometimes the thing that we have to think about and through thinking actually really work at not giving in. Because just as easy as it is, to give in to just one bite of chocolate or just one slice of pizza, which then becomes half a pizza, or one, I don't know, one lolly from the party mix, and then before you know it, the bag is empty. So it's very easy for us to give in to these things. And it is important for us to know that we have to be diligently awake and really think about it. Because slipping and suddenly sitting with, you know, lolly in your mouth, and you go like, I cannot for the life of me even remember how I put it there. I can't recall eating it, but the bag is empty. So these things happen very fast. 
Now in Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2, we're also encouraged. And it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, if you look around you, this is our cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is said before us. I just want to quickly jump back to the cloud of witnesses. If we hear the word witness, we kind of think about someone that's going to testify against us. Or if you had a younger brother, for instance, or an older brother maybe, that would run to mom or dad and says, oh, mom, 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 Luca did this, or Joel did that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, these are the ways that we think of witnesses, but I want us to sort of think about witnesses in a different capacity here. Think about witnesses as people that are keeping an eye on us, but also encouraging us, helping us through, guiding us, so that, you know, if we see someone that's maybe stumbling a bit, instead of going like, oh, mom, look, look, mom, that we'll go and say, hey, you're all right. Looks like you, you know, need a bit of a encouragement or a bit of a hand there. How can I help? So if we can be that, that'd be good. And verse 2 says, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and has taken a seat at the right hand on the throne of God. So Jesus knew what was before him, the cross, and all the pain and effort that that's going to cause, but he knew of the prize that was laying ahead of him. And that's what we need to hold on to as well. Okay, now here's one other thing. Spiritual cravings come in fancy packaging. They say, sugar-free. Or they say, low-carb. So, Satan is working energetically, trying to trick us. Because I can promise you, when it says, sugar-free, just read a bit further. Yeah, the fat grams is crazy. Because where it takes one thing away, it loads something else. So, we must be diligent in examining things carefully and prayerfully to make sure that every small thing we do, every tiny bite we take, whether it be physical or spiritual, is the right one for us. Okay. So next one, praise God for his grace and mercy. Verses 4 and 5 reads, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace that we have been saved. And here Paul is just reminding the Ephesians that, you know, if we stumble, if we do take a bite of that pizza, and we kind of realize, oh, man, I've done it again. You know, God is rich in his mercy. And it is through the richness of his grace that we are saved. And um, sometimes you might wonder, yeah, you know, I've, I've got a pretty long list of things that God needs to forgive me for. And if, if I look at my little list and I, you know, you 
sort of open it and you go and it lands on the floor and you start reading through your own list of transgressions and you go like okay well if I as you know as a human I'll go like yeah those are small enough they're easy to forgive these ones is like kind of a, a medium type one so there's there's probably a good chance that he'll forgive me and then there's there's the heavier ones we go like oh yeah I'm not too sure you know I'm not sure if I forgive myself, so I'm really not sure if God's going to forgive me for these ones. I just really want to say God is rich in his mercy. And when we think that God has a limit, pretty much like you know that little clip that we were seeing, if we think God has a limit to where he will forgive us, uh, there is no limit. When we come to him and we say, listen, God, Dad, sorry, messed up. I'm really, really sorry. You know, please walk with me. Please help me up. Please take my hand and please forgive me. He will do this. God is rich in mercy. He has an abundance of mercy. He's got a truckload of mercy for you. You're these truckloads that run up with and down Huntley with all the coal. He's got truckloads of mercy. If he has to come and dump a whole truckload of mercy on me, he's got a whole mind full of mercy left out in the back of Huntley West. He can still dig up more mercy for the rest. And there's another truckload full if I really need it. So, you know, God will forgive. He will keep you. He will love you through every, every step of your life. His mercy has no limits. His love for you has no limits. And his grace for you has no limits. That's pretty awesome. Now, there's one thing that I do want everyone to think about. If you think of yourself as, let's say, a mom or a dad, if you are one, but too young to be one, you might be able to imagine one day being one, or you might already have heaps of experience with it. If you have a kid that comes and says, oh, mom, can I have a lolly? Or can I borrow the car? Or can I have $10? Yeah, you know, if you're a loving, good mom or dad, usually will go, yep, sure. And then they'll come back again, and yep, sure. And then back again. And then, you know, after a while, going like, okay, so how many times are you going to borrow this car? You know, when are you going to get a job and get your own car? Uh, how many lollies do you really want to eat before your tummy's going to start aching? And at one or the other stage, we as humans, because we are good mums and dads, will want our kids to start thinking, do I really need to do this or do I need to think about, you know, why do I want this? Do I need this? Etc. Etc. Now, God is, I think, to a huge degree, you know, likeness to us in that, that he will forgive us, but he wants us to think about this. If we just go and keep on eating the lolly and eating the lolly or eating the pizza, at some stage he's going to want us to start growing up and not be a five-year-old anymore or not be a ten-year-old. But, you know, in our spiritual life that we will grow up and say, okay, because God has accepted me, I now know that he's given me grace. He's given me, you know, so much love and so much freedom. But it's not really us paying back 
him, but us honoring him for what he's doing for us. And through that, that we will then say, okay, I'm going to work hard at trying to not eat those spiritual lollies or pizzas or whatever, just making the right choices. Uh -huh. Now, this one is quite exciting. I really, really get excited about this. We get to share in Christ's ascension when he went back up to heaven, that part. We get to go to heaven. This is really cool. Verse 6 reads, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. So once again, we are comforted in the knowledge that God is rich in grace and that he is willing to share that with us. Now, something that I wanted to just linger on for a moment is um, on Jesus. Until the ascension, until Jesus went back up to heaven, so he came and lived on earth. Uh, for three years, roughly, he preached. Then he was crucified died, he rose back up again, he was with the apostles and the people for a little bit, and then he rose to heaven. Now, until that moment, um, as far as I know, only Moses and Elijah had actually gone to heaven, the rest, not so much. So heaven was scarcely populated, very, very difficult for humans to actually get in. Now, at that stage, Jesus took his resurrected body with him, and he went to heaven. And through that, he brought a little piece of humanity into heaven with him. Now, when he died, he died as a fully human man, and he broke through the gates of death, which means we now actually can get out those gates. We don't have to stay dead. We've got a way out. He broke those gates. But when he went into heaven, he actually opened that door. So other than just getting out of the spiritual death, we actually now have a way to go into heaven. And as human beings, the gates of heaven has been opened for us so that we can actually go in. We don't just share in the crucifixion and in the fact that our sins have been, you know, nullified through Jesus Christ. But we share in the ascension. We actually know that our place in heaven is booked, like, for sure. Definitely, we know that we've got a place there. And that, I think, is pretty cool. So, the next one. Where to from here? Uh, verses 8, 9, and 10. says, For it is by grace that you've been saved... Through faith, it is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God. It is not by works, so that no one can boast. And sometimes that's a little thing that we sort of trip over a little bit as humans, I think. Um, we get so caught up in the fact that we want to be good little Christians. You know, we're going to do the good thing. We're not going to eat that spiritual pizza. We're not going to do the naughty, whatever it is that, you know, Satan is energetically trying to throw in front of us. We're going to try really hard to be good Christians, to do what we should. And then after a while, we go like, oh, yeah? 
look at me, I'm pretty awesome, you know. And uh, you might be standing with someone and say, oh, yes, we had a bake sale the other day and all the ladies did really, really lovely. And our table actually made the most money. So, you know, as far as, you know, getting X, Y, Z for the church, we're doing really awesome work. And I'm thinking Christ must be pretty pleased with us. We're doing really good. That was some awesome, awesome muffins that we had there. Or you might go like, oh, yeah, I was standing in countdown on the line, and there was this Missy in front of me, and she was fiddling with something, and some money fell out of pocket, and I checked it, and I was like, oh, there's a nice little 20 in her. And then I thought, oh, man, <sighs> spiritual pizza, okay, fine, I hear ya. And I picked up the 20, and it's like, oh, Miss, I think you dropped the 20, eh? And it's like, yeah, so, mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty sure God's really pleased with me. And um, it's during these times that my iPad dies. <laughs> it's during these times that we have to remember that in verse 8 it says, it is not from ourselves that we are saved. It is not by our good works. It's nothing that we do that saves us. God saves us. But for us, it is just a thank you to him when we actually do the good things. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In the last verses, Paul reminds the Ephesians that salvation only comes from God, and after he has worked on us, to tweak us, to fix us, to make us a little better. He now wants to work in us and through us so that through us we are able to go and talk to other people and he would be able to reach them. We always have to remember that we do not deserve this salvation. It is a gift. It is a glorious, beautiful gift. And if he's given it to us, then for us to be able to pass it on to other people is us passing on God's gift, is us becoming the givers. And for us to say, you know what, this is so cool, so awesome, I really, really want to share it with someone else. Um, over the last two weeks, somewhere in one of my study pieces, I was listening to a video clip, and unfortunately I cannot remember who it was by, but it was a a man, and he was an atheist. And this is actually something that just sort of popped back into my mind now. And he said, and this is from an atheist, but he said, I do not understand Christians. If you 100% in your heart of hearts believe that salvation and eternal life only comes through Christ, how much must you hate humanity to not share that with them? How much must we hate people that are not Christians, if we do not share that with them. 
That's a bit of a challenge, isn't it? Because it's nice to be a Christian in here, where everyone else is Christian. It's easy to be a Christian in here, where everyone else is a Christian. But it's when we go out, when we step out of this building, when we step out of our homes, when we step out of our safe zones, and we're in, shall we call it, enemy territory, that's when when the real test comes. How much do we love our fellow man? Do we love them enough to step out and to make that connection and to tell our story? That's something really important. Because we are saved by God so that we can do good works. It is really important that we be alive, that we be available, and that God can do his work on earth through us. So getting back to Alan Campbell from the earlier story, I guess my question here is, how many of us is walking around quietly happy that we're alive, thinking that we're alive, only one day to be told, yeah, nah, bro, soz, but you're dead. You know? So maybe once in a while it is important for us to say, okay, I'm just going to quickly check in with my spiritual GP, check in with the Holy Spirit, check in with Jesus, and make sure that actually I am still alive. Okay. Yep. Okay. Shall we pray? Okay. Father God, thank you so much for being with us every step of every way. When we stumble, when we fall, Father, when we're successful, when we're dancing for joy, or when, you know, things are really, really heavy. Father, thank you for your mercy, and thank you for your grace. Thank you for being there with us every single step of every day, no matter where we go. Father, I ask that you give us the courage and the strength that we will love humanity enough we will love our fellow man enough that we'll step up and we'll be able to say, God, here I am. Use me so that we can reach the world for you. Father God, thank you for every single person that was here tonight. Go with them, Father, through the rest of this week. Bless them in strength and always make everyone aware of how loved we are in Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.